Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. And of course, it's a whole lot colder as we're seeing the temperatures fall. This is Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth, science, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes. And we're going to have a little bit of all of these uh, elements today in the podcast because today is Open Line Friday. This is episode number 150 for Friday, February 5, 2021. And I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I am the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. Where we're going to start off, uh, first of all, with a little bit of science a couple of your questions which came in to me via weatherjazz at yahoo.com and also an off-topic tip for you and something that I came across oh, a little while ago and has worked very well for me and I want to pass this off to you. But first, let's get to some of the interesting things that have been happening right up against Lake Erie in the last couple of days. For those of you that follow me on my Instagram account, and that is at Andre Bernier, A-N-D-R-E-B-E-R-N-I-E-R. I posted uh, some video. Actually, it was a repost from a gentleman who is the host of the WKJA I uh, Heart Radio morning show in Barberton. His name is Mark Zimmerman. For those of you in Northeast Ohio, you're certainly well familiar with uh, this radio voice's name. And he lives not far from Lake Erie in Lake County. And he posted some video on his Instagram account of the ice volcanoes that have been building up on the lake because of the north wind, very cold air. See, what happens is the waves get pushed up on shore, and as the water literally gets smacked up on the rocks, it, it gets hurled up. And in the very cold air, a lot of that starts to freeze, and so you have these these literal volcanoes, or what look like small volcanoes of ice that form right up against the lake shore. And these ice volcanoes, very, very tempting structures. Uh, if you walk uh, along the lake, you look at these things and you think they're pretty stable. Mary Hoholsky sent me some pictures of these ice volcanoes. Uh, and, of course, you can go to my show notes, weatherjazz.com, episode number 150, and see some of the pictures that she sent. And they look very tempting. They look very solid. They're very easy to, easy to climb. But uh, Mary also sent another graphic that I'm also going to include in the show notes. You can see just how unstable these ice volcanoes are actually they're quite scary in the sense that some of them as solid as they look might actually have some weak spots especially near the top 
And these holes will literally uh, make you lose footing and drop into these holes. And because of the way the ice volcanoes have uh, essentially been formed, there would be very, very little chance of you being able to climb out of that. Essentially, you would fall into a very cold Lake Erie in this case. So uh, this is a really good warning to those of you near the lakeshore who might find them interesting and might be tempted to go climb them. Simply uh, put, don't. Just don't do it because of the, the potential of you falling into the lake inside of a weak spot in one of these volcanoes, and there there are plenty of these weak spots. So thank you, Mary, for passing that along to my uh, address. It's weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Always looking for great material. Another uh, really interesting thing would be some of the sun dogs that were seen on Thursday morning recently. Now, we had two photos, one from Sue Bauman and the other one from Dan Carr. Uh, Sue Bauman, who lives in the Twinsburg area, actually snapped a photo of the sun. It looked like it was rising. It was near sunrise. And she simply says, uh, saw these from my backyard here in Twinsburg. Can you tell me what these are called? She has little red arrows, uh, which um, look like uh, two little rainbows right alongside of the sun, about 22 degrees apart on either side. And you can see that photo, again, weatherjazz.com, episode number 150 in the show notes. I'm going to post that photo along with a photo that uh, Perry Township uh, gentleman Dan Carr snapped. Now, this one is a little bit easier to see because there are no trees in the way. And in this photo, that will give you a clue, Sue, as to what this exactly is. And first of all, you have to know that when there are high, thin ice crystal clouds way up in the atmosphere and the sun is out, the chances are you're going to see a halo around the sun, the solar halo. It's a 22-degree arc circle all around the sun. And right at the, the same parallel, parallel to the ground, especially if uh, the sun is pretty low in the atmosphere, you're going to see the potential for some sun dogs at either end. And in this particular case, you can clearly see that uh, there are two bright spots on the solar halo at that junction in the solar halo. Now, the solar halo is not complete, but you can see the curvature uh, in the photo. Again, I would implore you to go to weatherjazz.com and look at the photos on episode 150 in the show notes because both of them are on there. So what you're seeing, uh, Sue, would be sun dogs. And I want to thank uh, Dan Carr for snapping that photo at almost the same time and almost the same place. Uh, he was actually in uh, Canton when he snapped that photo. Um, I think I mentioned that he was in uh, Perry Township, which is very close by, but essentially in Stark County. So go check it out, and uh, you're going to see those two images. Sun dogs is what you're looking at. Now, many times those sun dogs are even brighter than what they are indicated here on the photos. 
And they're also called one other thing. They're called mock suns. And the reason they're called mock suns is because uh, sometimes you can't tell the difference between the sun and the mock sun, which is along the the arc at uh, 22 degree uh, arc angle uh, degrees away from the sun. So there you have it. Some sun dogs or mock mock suns, rather, uh, for you that were spotted just yesterday and uh, sent to me via Weather Jazz at yahoo.com. You can always send me photographs uh, or questions that you have at that address. And I also have a telephone line, and I also urge you to give me a call and leave me your question there. Uh, And I'll have more information at the tail end of the show today. One other item we're going to talk about today, and that item is actually about hand soap. Now, this is really one of those off-topic, off-beat things, and I personally like the foaming hand soaps. Why? Because it just, uh, it makes me feel like my hands are a lot cleaner. It breaks the bonds of the germs much more quickly, in, in my humble opinion, although any soap will do that. But when you use liquid soap, which is what we had for many years before that, you had to mix it with water and you had to rub real fast before you even started to see some of the foaming action. And it's really, it's the foaming action that you want to get rid of the germs and the debris in your hands, uh, etc. Before liquid soap came to be, and I this is from my youth, I still remember hand soap. I mean, there was no other way to do it. Um, until really the last uh, 30 or so years, you started seeing liquid soap in a lot of uh, public restrooms. But uh, before then, it was just bar soap. So I put a poll on Twitter. It's still up there right now, and it'll be up there until, uh, I believe, Saturday. So you can certainly chime in if you want, and you can follow me on Twitter at Andre Bernier, A-N-D-R-E-B-E-R-N-I-E-R. I have it pinned to the top of my profile, so it's going to be really easy to find. And my question was, when washing your hands, what kind of soap do you prefer using? And uh, I put also on there that it was going to be a topic on the Open Line Friday, and that's what we're talking about today. There were three choices, bar soap, liquid soap, or foaming soap. Now, this one actually surprised me. Uh, We still have about a day left on the voting, so if you want to chime in, uh, this would be the time to go to your Twitter account and go ahead and make your voice be heard. But so far, and this one doesn't surprise me, me, bar soap uh, is at the bottom. Uh, And out of everybody that voted, only 3.6% of you liked bar soap. But this is where the surprise was. I would have thought more people liked the foaming soap, but the number one preference is liquid soap. It's 50.8%. So a little over half of you like the liquid. And almost half, just a little under 44.6% as of this recording, and I'm recording this just after the lunch hour on Friday, 
or I guess I should say for my radio audience that is used to me saying Friday, Friday, on this Friday, 44.6% prefer the foaming soap. And uh, it's, again, not a surprise. Bar soap, it's a, it's a little more difficult to, to handle. And when you're in a public restroom, if, if you just have a piece of bar soap there, can you imagine the hands that have touched that ahead of you? That's why a long, long time ago, bar soap gone from public restrooms and replaced by liquid and or foam. Sometimes you have the automatic foaming dispensers now, which just automatically put a little uh, foaming soap. So let's talk about foaming soap because, uh, oh, a number of years ago, I started uh, buying the foaming soap. One of my favorite on the market is by Method, and my favorite is Sea Minerals as far as uh, the scents go, and um, it, it, it just makes things very convenient for me, uh, and it makes my hands uh, feel cleaner a lot faster. You get the foamy action without having to rub and start to see that foamy action knowing that you're breaking up uh, the the uh, the germ bonds and you're you're cleaning uh, off all of the the debris the surfacants and that's what you're really doing you're you're taking uh, some some of this uh, foaming soap or the liquid soap and you're rubbing it across your hands so that uh, it has a surfacant action in other words it's lifting all of the junk off of your hands and that's uh, what you then do when you rinse it all off you're rinsing off all of the matter that you're lifting off of your skin and so the surfacant uh, properties of foam soap apparently is very very good that's why i like it and it's just a whole lot easier you can wash your hands much more quickly using the 20 second rule and I hope you're you're doing that. And 20 seconds is really not a whole lot of time uh, to make sure that you're lifting everything that needs to be lifted off of your hands and then washing it down the drain. Such a deal. But um, one of the reasons for this podcast episode today is to tell you that uh, these foaming soaps and the refills, even the refills, you, you could buy a bag of the refills that will refill these containers two and a half times. So yeah, you're still going to be spending less money than if you keep buying uh, the, the foaming hand soap in the container, the foaming container. Just save the foaming container and do the refill, you'll be saving yourself some money. But I always wondered, even the refills are kind of expensive. So is there any way to make your own? And the answer is absolutely. And what I found online was really, really interesting, amazing. Yeah. Now, yes, it takes a little bit of time, but not that much time, to make your own soap. It's very, very easy. I'm going to tell you how right here on Weather Jazz, which is part of Open Line Friday. We literally talk about anything and everything. In this particular case, something that interests me and something that hopefully is going to help you if you are one of those folks that like the foaming soap, but find it very expensive. 
So what you want to do is uh, get your favorite liquid soap, whatever it might be. It could be a name brand or it could be something that uh, you, you just like using because of the scent. In my particular case, I found something, uh, kind of a, a, a big bottle off-brand stuff that uh, I found at my local grocery store, Heinen's. And it is actually lilac scented. I love the scent of lilacs. In fact, I often tell everyone that I have asked the Lord that as he's building my heavenly home, that he surrounds it with lilacs because they're just something about the scent of lilacs that I absolutely love. Now, the Again, another off-topic thing. Why do I like lilac smell? Well, first of all, lilacs open up around my birthday in southern New England where I grew up, and we had a ton of lilac bushes where I lived. And so in May, May 22nd, late May, when the weather really started getting very nice, we would open up the windows, and one of the scents coming into uh, the bedroom that I shared with my brother is the scent of lilacs. That just absolutely love it. Uh, I certainly, I don't think I could ever tire of that scent. It's just a heavenly scent to me. And so I've made candles for my brother that uh, smell like lilacs because there are no candles out there that have the lilac scent. So I made some ones uh, for my brother's uh, birthday and sent those to him. And the same thing with hand soap. I would love to have a lilac-scented hand soap. Well, I found some liquid soap. So how do you make foam soap? It's so easy that um, I'm surprised that more people don't do it. Here we go. You take whatever your container, empty container of foaming. You have to buy one of these foaming containers first because you need the pump that actually adds air to the drawn-up liquid so that it comes out as foam. You can't use one of the pumps that is just the liquid one because you you need that uh, that little chamber that adds the air before it gets expelled out as foam. So you buy one of those, and when it runs out, you take that and uh, you take your favorite soap that you want to make a foaming soap from, and you pour one quarter or one part uh, of the the liquid soap to three or four parts water, and that's it. Now, you don't do it all at once. You pour the liquid soap down the bottom first, and then you start pouring a little bit of water, and you, you swirl it. You don't shake it vigorously, because if you shake it vigorously, you'll get too much uh, too too many suds. You just don't want that. So you kind of s- swirl it so it begins to mix, and then add a little more water, swirl it some more. So this is the part that takes a little bit of time, but not that much time. You can do this in about a minute or two, and uh, by the time it's uh, filled up close to the top, you mix it. Uh, you screw the uh, the foaming. Uh, top back on and you gently just uh, uh, jostle it back and forth up and down and uh, mix it thoroughly and there you have it you've got your foaming soap and uh, the amount that you'll save is quite a bit Um, and not to mention that you'll 
maybe have the scent that you want in a soap versus the scents that are out there. There are some that just boggle my mind. I mean, they just boggle my mind. Who in their right mind would want grapefruit flavor or grapefruit-scented hands? Uh, I love grapefruit, but when I'm washing my hands, I've, I don't want to 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 smell grapefruit like I'm washing my hands with grapefruits. And that, to me, is just kind of strange. It's odd. It's weird. And there are a lot of weird scents out there, too. Uh, coconut lime. I like coconut. I like lime. But I like to eat those things. I don't like to wash my hands with them. Uh, there are others, too, that are not necessarily my favorite so that way, if you happen to find a liquid soap that you like, great. And here's another great uh, hint. If you don't like any of the scents, just buy the unscented liquid and add your own essential oils to it. Uh, maybe start with five drops uh, or ten drops. Uh, I found that... Uh, Certainly up to 10 drops will get you what you're looking for in in terms of scent for your foaming hand soap. And uh, you will need um, a couple of those dispensers. What I've done is I bought, again, one of my favorite dispenser method because of the shape of the bottle. It's very stable, and it's it's a good foaming mechanism. And so you buy three or four, and when you're out, you start making your own, and you start keeping them under your cabinet, wherever you keep your soap at, and you make two or three ahead of time so that when one is empty, you've got another one ready to put in its place. There you have it. I'm going to save you some money today, and you can go ahead and, uh, again, make the kind of soap or with the scents that you like uh, specifically. Very, very cool stuff, at least I think so. If you have uh, tried it, and you can tell me your experience, I'd love to hear how that has worked out for you. All right, we're going to wrap things up here on Weather Jazz, our open line Friday. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you tell somebody about it, especially if you want to let them know about hand soap and uh, you want to discuss that or maybe pass along this particular suggestion on ways to save money. I'm always looking for a way to save uh, some money as well as making a product better for you. So spread it via social media, whether it's email or just getting on the phone with somebody or texting them, say, hey, check out weatherjazz.com, episode number 150. I think you're going to like it. And thanks to those of you that have partnered to support Weather Jazz, Christine Barnes and Rose Moore from Ohio, Bill Martin, Florida, Andrew Rich from Tennessee. And I would love to add your name to that list. And if you'd like to partner with Weather Jazz, please consider becoming a monthly Weather Jazz supporter. And it's as easy as 99 cents a month. Such a deal won't break the bank, and it will encourage me along the way, too. You're going to find the link at the bottom of every episode at weatherjazz.com. If you have a question, topic suggestion, 
photos or anything you want me to weigh in on, in on, I welcome your support. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And now also via voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line 234-525-5888. You can leave me your message and I may actually use your question in a future episode of Weather Jazz. If you're listening to Weather Jazz via one of the many podcast apps available, remember to subscribe so that you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And just in case you're not in the Cleveland, Ohio area and you plan to visit or maybe even traveling through a connecting flight, well, guess what? You can catch my 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online live from anywhere in the world at fox8.com. We'll see you soon, in fact, Monday, and we'll talk about uh, this particular cold stretch. Are we still looking for a deeply Arctic air to come visit us? We'll talk about that this coming Monday, February 8th, right here on Weather Jazz. We'll see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz Podcast!